guys, I am doing tonight's group therapy right after the game because Josh Bo wanted to record on his own because I am on my own in my house for the first time in like four years. My wife and son are on a trip, and so he suggested I get off, get over with Mav stuff rather quickly and do something else. But I wanted to hang out with you guys. So here we are. The Dallas Mavericks just lost to the Memphis Grizzlies 112 to 108. It was, uh, you know, a surprisingly entertaining game. Kyrie Irving was ruled out late with a kind of you know, foot soreness. Uh, he specifically mentioned playing 41 minutes in the loss the other night uh, in his sort of mid-afternoon shoot-around quotes, which just stood out to me like a sore thumb. That's the, the minutes thing is something we've been watching with Kyrie for quite some time. Uh, and I am really, um, you know, just I'm, I'm hopeful he's okay because if he and Luca miss time together, it's, it's just not reasonable for this team to put up a, a considerable amount of fight over the long haul. Now, that said, they played Memphis really, really well. For most of the game, they hung around uh, Memphis, obviously, without John Morant and Steven Adams, two key cogs in their team. The Mavericks uh, were led by, you know, uh, younger players tonight with Josh Green and Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy made made, you know, a, a bottom line stat line is kind of mediocre for 20 points and 20 shots. But I think there were things if you're an optimist that you should look into and try to, you know, enjoy from that game. Josh Green looked a little bit more like the Josh Green we had seen before All-Star break. Um, where things got disappointing was with about nine minutes left in the game, the Mavericks had a 10-point lead after a pair of Christian Wood free throws. And the problem was over the next 40 seconds, they gave up a five points, and it was a five-point game again. And, you know, the Mavericks being unable to defend anything in the paint is just kind of embarrassing. Um, you know, Christian Wood didn't play very much tonight, got pulled for some, some kind of questionable defense, I think, but it's not, I just, I, I don't understand really what kids is, is, is seeing. Cause it's like Dwight Powell adds a lot when Luca's out on the floor. He really, really does guys, the numbers, the tape, it all shows it. But if, if Powell, if, if Luca's not playing, Kyrie's not playing, it's Powell's not bringing much. So Wood's defensive shortcomings and they're pretty bad are made up by the fact that he's pretty good at offense. Uh, this stuff exists. It's I just I don't understand some of his rotational choices. Um, uh, the last couple of probably two weeks, we've really seen like a strong turnaround on the internet in in terms of discussions surrounding Jason Kidd. Um, I have not like nothing has made me feel better or worse about Kidd the last two weeks. It, he is stuck in a particular way of coaching, but with a way with a roster that doesn't really fit his proclivities. And so, you know, at least he didn't play Theo. At least he didn't play Frank Milikina tonight. I mean, that steps in the right direction. I, you know, I, I there's little things I could take away from this game. You know, if if the Mavericks hadn't been up by ten, I think people would be a lot less irritated about this this loss. Um, you know, the the turnovers were brutal for Dallas at the worst part of the game. And that that's really kind of you know they only had eleven, but it, it they they seem to happen at the worst possible time. So, all right, so let's hang out for a little bit, twenty thirty minutes, maybe see what people think about this game, and then let's move on, do something else with our uh, our Saturday nights. 
Uh, coming up first is Brian. Welcome, Brian. What's going on? Brian, you got to hit that unmute button there. Come back out of the chat and hit it on the main page. Okay, give Brian a second here, see if he can figure it out. Okay, going to move on to the next one. Micah, how you doing, Micah? What's going on, Kirk? Um, you know, you know I, I thought we had a chance. It's looking good, though. Hey, they had some fight with missing two stars. You know what? We'll take it. Um, at the end of the day, I wish somebody would get cheeky enough with Jason Kidd just for shits and giggles and just say, uh, so we run in CYO for guards. Is that what we're doing here? Because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Kirk, at the end of the day, I, I never thought I was Rick Carlisle's three guard lineups until I saw, saw Jason Kidd's four guard lineups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're it's pretty ridiculous. They, they play a lot of small because they have to. And, you know, that, that last Desmond Bain three that he hit from the corner, I got a couple of texts from my friend EJ who sometimes joins the chat here, and he said, you know, he's like, how do you give up that three? Well, I rewound and I'm looking at it, and Bullock is pulled all the way down because it's Powell underneath getting his ass whooped against Jaron Jackson. And, you know, the Mavericks just play so small. And you, you like Tim Legler did a really nice breakdown the other night after the, the Pelicans game on ESPN. And he basically showed how the Mavericks, because they play so small um, in terms of positionally, guys are overhelping. And then there's just guys open left and right once rotations are in order. Because it's not like the Mavericks have like the kinetic chain they had last year where guys are flying all over the place. It was, it's, it, it's sort of a, you know, is it kid? I, I don't want to put it on kid. It's it's this this team makeup is is what it is. When you're missing any pieces, they're just um, right. He's kind of how I say this. He's banging his head against the wall. Like we can all get mad about the rotations and go back and forth, but you look at this roster, Kirk, and you're like. I don't feel comfortable with one front court player no. playing more than 24 minutes. No, not at all. I mean, Maxie, Maxie had a couple of really nice plays, but you like, he's a, you just can't play him more than 25 minutes. Otherwise he's going to get. He'll break down. And that's, that's the problem. And then it's just like with Chris and Wood, you can't trust him for that amount of time. And, and it just keeps going down the line. It's just like, Look, when we're at full strength, having Dwight Powell as your only player that's over six seven, it's just not good. That it's not good. And I'm one like sometimes I wonder, like especially after I saw that thread of his Milwaukee days, I'm wondering if that's gonna be a problem, him not realizing that the league is transitioning back. Like, small ball is dead. Like, you look at any team that's competing in the league, they're all running two big lineups. Oh, like, but one of the one of the bigs, you have to have bigs that can stretch a little. And that's what makes playing Powell so much just really confusing because 
you can hide Powell in certain lineups, but he he can't shoot, and he never will shoot. So I just I feel a little no. lost with what's going no. on. He right he he doesn't shoot and he's not an, and he's not a presence in the paint at all. Right, only on like, rolls. Yeah, like you just like you just said, like Triple J just kicking his ass. Like yeah, and that's that's what we're always going to look at until. We until they realize that this roster needs size, this small ball is dead. I mean, we're looking at the last team that was able to run small ball, and um, they're not looking too great, Kirk. They got the they pretty much got the same road record as the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs. It's bad. So, uh, this would have been uh, this would have been an incredible game to steal, just because we play these guys n- two more times in the next nine days, and to to get one, right. and they're not getting back John Morant and Stephen Adams. Like Stephen Adams' knee injury required a like a a some kind of injection. He's no. not, and then John Morant. So, you know, if 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 anybody hasn't to the internet today, they said four games. Well, they, they said four games today. I don't buy it, Micah. And then a New York Post article came out today, and it's like at a certain point, what is happening? And this is my guess. This is pure conjecture. The NBA wants the Grizzlies to punish John ja Morant. The Grizzlies want the NBA to do something to John ja Morant. So it's this game of chicken where neither side wants to actually do anything despite the fact that everybody knows that there was something that it's like, it's just not a good look. Yeah. And I don't really like, it's not a moralization. It's, it hasn't. Yeah. It hasn't. Like with, with jaw, it's, it's, um, how say it's, it's disappointing because me, I've went through my own struggles in life. True. And with jaw, it's just, um, it's realizing that, if you want to do better, you have to have a better crowd crowd around you. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's a couple. Like me, what you know, all what they needed to do earlier this year. Like he got in trouble over the summer with some things, and it's been like pending, pending. And yeah. the NBA and the and the league or in the Memphis knew the whole time, and they didn't do anything. And it's like like it's an incentive based structure. If you don't ever correct somebody's decision making or help them at all, they're going to continue to make the same kind of decisions. Anyways, I don't want to talk about them too much, but if he's not going to play, that yeah. means the Mavericks had like a real chance. Because I think Luca comes back because you know maybe he doesn't come back to the second game. But if Kyrie plays in this game tonight, do you think we win? I I think we win. Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, because they just um they don't have enough. After that, I mean, Tyus Jones is good, and they they got they got pieces that are good, but without him being that electrifying player, then I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. So and and then Stephen Adams as yep. well. Like, well, people underestimate what a big that can actually box out does, and that's what makes team building so hard. Is it's just not us fans, but it's front offices as well that underestimate everything that you need to compose a championship team. Well, the Grizzlies have a like the the Grizzlies are secretly number one. Their owner is is now one of the richest men in, on the on the earth. 
Like they, they're, they're majority owner. Number two, they have an analytics based draft group that has nailed every stinking pick they've taken back to Jaron Jackson Jr. And, you know, if you're not a big Jaron Jackson Jr. person, I get it. He, he's really divisive, but he, like, some of the shit he set back tonight on fast breaks, like, that man is an incredible defensive player. And then it's like you look around and, like, no, he, we're getting yes. the crap kicked out of us by David Roddy. David Roddy is a player out of Colorado State. He's six foot five and two hundred and fifty pounds. Him and Bain look like the look like the friggin' uh, Legion of Doom uh, from the WWE. Uh, like several, you know, it was it was crazy. What they just like these? They like <laughs> big, you know. They got John Conchar. Like I, if you were to trade John Morant and and um and Luka Doncic, the Memphis Grizzlies are title favorites every year. That's how good I think they've drafted. Yeah, it's true because it's just um that's that's what's needed to compose a team. Like uh, I see like different people talking about, oh, who's better, Draymond or Rodman? And, like it doesn't sure. matter. They're both important cogs to a championship team, and if you don't have players like that to round out your roster, you're not winning. It's just like look at Denver uh, now; they've been getting. <laughs> um, Jokic's been getting picked on about that San Antonio yeah. game, but it's just like if when you come to face the facts that your superstar is efficient in defense, just like with the Mavs in 2011, and even though Dirk could still give great effort at times, everybody that they put around them were defensive players. And I think that's what kids running into. He is yep. just overly frustrated and doesn't want to accept the team that he has. I think it's an interesting argument, man. So he went up for the Argos. Well, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Who we got next? We got my guy, Kyle. You've been waiting. Kyle, welcome. Welcome to the show. What's up? Kyle's got a good mic in his photo, so we're gonna we're gonna trust that he can come up here and talk. Kyle, you there? All right. Um, try to come back in if uh, if you do want to talk. Sometimes when you switch apps, it doesn't let you. My man Nav, what's up? Hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Kind of a you know. I think I'm I'm a little bit annoyed at the loss, but not any any. I'm not too. Yeah, I agree. It was it was nice to that they kept it competitive. You know, it gave us a little bit of hope, but disappointed with how things ended. Uh, it w- it was good. I feel like change of pace to actually see a game where most people were trying their hardest most of the time. Sure. And I'm not sure I understand. Sorry, Siri. It's all right. Um, sorry. Yeah. So it was, it was nice to see that with the effort and. Seeing Josh, you know, get him. It seemed like when Luca and is not playing, he seems they, he seems to be empowered more by like the coaching staff. It just seems like he looks to the basket more. He doesn't. He's not. It's not like an O for two night or O for four night when Luca's playing. He just seems to just defer to Luca more. I don't sure. know if you noticed that. 
No, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. And that's a bit of a, a challenge and something they need to work through because you want the best shot when you're in an offensive possession. And sometimes I think that doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah. And it was nice to see Jane Hardy actually play instead of Frank or Theo Pinson. Yep, first start. Um, yeah. It was nice to see him. He had, he had that big three to tie it. And then, yeah, I know he had some mistakes down the end. Like, I'm not upset about that. He's a rookie. He's trying to figure it out. I'm glad he had the opportunity, you know, get some, get some run. Yeah. Um, the, the one, so one question I was going to ask you, cause this is something that, um, I'm curious what your, what your position is on it. So, so we all already, you know, I feel like we talk about Dwight Powell and his limitations. Sure. A lot. And I'm, and I'm curious if despite all of Christian Wood's, you know, flaws, and I feel like they've gotten worse, you know, over the last, you know, two, three weeks, it seems like his effort has gotten worse and like just everything just seems worse than it was earlier in the season. And, but despite that, do you ever feel like, having somebody who is longer, you know, can actually challenge shots better and actually you can throw the ball down to him down low. He could create his own shot and he can stretch the floor. Do you ever feel like, Hey, I, we, he should be playing over Dwight Powell or do you think that no Dwight Powell at least gives his best effort always. You never have to worry about, you know, he's going to be in the wrong spot and he's trying despite his physical limitations. I, this is a really, this is a good question because what you're basically asking is, am I happy with Dwight Powell being in the right place and losing every time or Christian Wood being in the wrong place and giving up points, but maybe being able to get those points back on offense. And that, that's really what it comes down to. Cause like Christian Wood yes. is an awful defender. He doesn't box out at all. Like there was, there was one play, yeah. and I don't know if you guys noticed this. Yep. The the Grizzlies really brutalized him in terms of every time he was trying to like set screens and cut, and, and they just slammed into Christian Wood over and over again. He just doesn't have a lot of strength. I think if I was to choose, if you were to give me the choice, I would still rather see Wood, just because I would rather have that opportunity because. Like we've discussed, this is not a defensive team. So at at a certain point, you got to dance with what brung you, and seem very intent on trying to be some something that they just don't have the capacity for. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and I feel like occasionally, you know, a blind squirrel can find a nut, and Christian Wood can have well, a good defensive when, when position. He's, when the ball's you know. going in for him, he's much more locked in defensively. Yeah much more locked in. And, right. and we've seen that it's, he's yeah. just a step slow on every rotation. It's kind of remarkable. Yeah. How, for Yeah. The hand goes up <laughs> half a second too late mm-hmm. and he keeps it there acting as though, Hey, I was here. It's like, no man, we're all watching. Well, they the do game. switch it like, and, and defense teams are pretty well scouted by now to where they know that like certain players only switch. And it's like, they look to attack different things like that. I don't know. It's, this is just one of these things where it comes back to, to you know, why, why we've watched the, the big men for years. So why they thought only having, you know, clearly they thought McGee was a better answer than he was. But once again, McGee is a, is a do not play, you know, 
So, so going off that, had uh, had another question about so seeing actually. I, I don't know if you notice if you notice this, but it seems like when we have Luca and Kyrie in the game, and this was even before Kyrie, the the concept and philosophy that I felt like the coaching staff was taking, Jason Kidd taking, is I need to surround Luca with a crap ton of defenders because Luca's not really going to defend. But that's going to, you know, make the offensive burden all, all on Luca pretty much, right? And then when you got Kyrie, it was like, all right, they can kind of split it, but they're both kind of nothings, you know, on defense. And so I'm going to try and surround them, you know, shore up the defense with wings. Seeing Jaden Hardy and seeing Josh Green and seeing two more people that are not named Luca and Kyrie actually be able to dribble the basketball and drive to the basket. Like having more people who can dribble, drive, and shoot, I feel like I would rather surround Luca and Kyrie with the, those kind of people, as opposed to more minutes from uh, from Justin Holiday, right? Like I I wasn't sure if, if it felt like the philosophy is kind of like let Luca and Kyrie carry the heavy offensive burden, yeah. So that then on because on defense they're nothing, and I'm wondering like. Have you ever, like, have you, like, I, I'm sure you have. I'm just wondering, like, I'm looking at tonight. I, I was like, why don't they, why don't they add more offensive players so maybe Luke and Kyrie can play, have more energy, play better defense? I mean, the real challenge that you run into there is that everybody else that's left for the Mavericks is actually quite small. Uh, you know, you don't think of Josh Green as small until you see him trying to guard Kevin Durant. You know, some of the, the, the Mavericks are – and really the, the Grizzlies were kind of a good comp for that because those dudes are just big. And I think if you're going to surround Luka with, defend, with, with kind of, you know, more guys that can dribble, shoot, and pass, they at least – like Luka can't be the, the second biggest guy on the court. That's, that's at least my opinion. I mean, I think in practice it, it works out okay, particularly in a – like if you're playing, I guess, you know, one game, they might – but that's kind of the that's that's at least where where I stand on that question. But it's a good question. Yeah, no, it makes. Uh, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense. It was it's tough seeing uh, Tillman just like kind of dominate yeah. on the offensive boards it tonight. Is. And they're just so thick. All their guys are big. It's it's maddening to watch Dallas. Like they're just. I think in in a seven game series, the Mavericks beat the crap out of them because I, I, the Grizzlies don't have a half court. Don't yeah. have a half court offense, but. There's just elements of a game like tonight where when things get ugly, they it things it, it really gets mucked up for the Mavericks. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All sure. Right. Thanks well, I for appreciate coming up. All right. The great Mike. I can't even say your I can't even say the co- the, the player's last name. Um, you don't remember him? Yeah, I can't but it's like when I see it, <laughs> my brain doesn't process correctly because it's so many it's vowels and Z's. How I hear you. you know, I'm not bad. Like, uh, I'm, I like the difference between a seven and a seven thirty start time is so delightful. Yeah, uh, I imagine it's a lot better than the East Coast games when you're up till that's right in the morning doing this for us. <laughs> okay, well, I hope, I almost hope you disagree with me and tell me I'm crazy, but it's like I can't deny what my eyes are seeing, and it's a short sample size. But ever since the uh, Kyrie trade. And even, I think, two games without Kyrie. But the, the games where Luca is sitting out, 
I can't help but notice the level of effort and the energy is just on a whole nother plane. I, I, you're not crazy. Kinda... I mean, it's, it's the, they get their energy from Luca. And when Luca plays like shit, they play like shit. It, it's, but you, even in the games where he's, he's playing harder, he's having a, a great game. It just, it just feels like they're just standing around and, I don't know. It just they're just there's just something. I don't know if they're turned off by him just his sour puss and bitching at the refs all game long, not getting back on defense. But there's they just look like a completely different team when late as of late. Well, if if they're not afraid for his feelings, and I worry that they are because they've coddled him since day one to his detriment. What someone should do, and I don't know. Tell me if you remember this years ago. It might have been Harden's second year with Houston after they got like, and he just looked exhausted by the end of their playoff run. Someone put together this like ten minute long clip of James Harden lowlights. It went, it was like on Deadspin and made the rounds where it was like, oh no, he's just one of the worst defensive players. And I think somebody needs to do that for the Mavericks with Luca. All the clips of him, like there was a really good one last game. I can't remember the guy who tweeted it out, but it was like. Luca ran into a double team in the short corner, shot an ugly floater, and then didn't get back on defense at all. Like he wasn't in the frame and the Pelicans scored. And you know what? We understand he was hurt. I understand he's been hurt for a while. He hasn't really looked right since he hurt his heel, if we're being honest. But I I also think that there's some accountability that can be put into play here where it's just like everyone needs to show him this stuff. He is a guy that's motivated if you challenge him. And I think the Mavericks haven't challenged him near enough. One of the things that got lost, and I've been thinking about this today, particularly with um, like Jeff Skin Wade like, shared that clip from Mike Brown. It was like, hey, I see Mavs Twitter probably wants Mike Brown fired for something like, like for, for this sort of speech. One of the things that the Mavericks as an organization misunderstood about me and others getting mad at Jason Kidd for commenting – about what he did. It was not that what he said about Luca was necessarily wrong. It was that he didn't take any responsibility. Luca has been a terrible defender for a great portion of this year. And it's okay to say that because it's true. Yeah. It's instead of the kind of passive aggressive shit that Jason kid says in the press conference, I'd, you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be refreshing if he get after him during an actual game. And I, I think he does. But I don't think we see it because Jason Kidd apparently does this thing where he kind of curses everybody without changing his facial expression. But I, I also would just like to see it. I really would because I think it – if you're – everyone in the Mavericks has got to be so afraid – stop being afraid of pissing him off, Luca. I mean. He's a big boy. If he can't take it, then he's not the guy we think he is. I'm pretty sure starting off as a professional, at right. he's used to it. At this the, the Europeans we talked to in here have talked about the relationships he's had with coaches. It's not you, – you don't got to love your coach. Shit, no. Like, I, I hated my high school coach until I graduated. Right. Now I still talk to him, and I'm, it's been 20 years. Like, you appreciate people for the role that they play in your lives, not because they're your friend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh... – Phil Jackson and Kobe weren't on speaking terms by the, the end of their run. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. That was that was all I had, man. I'm just I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just I wish they could give that same level of effort when he was playing. It was. I agree. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, talk soon.
All right, see if we've got anybody else. Nope, nobody else. All right, we're just under 30 minutes. We're going to get out of here early. Well, early in so much as we can. So we play the same damn team on Monday. That's another reason why we probably shouldn't talk too much about this. Hopefully we'll get one of Kyrie or Luca back. If not, maybe we'll see another uh, slog fest like this. Thanks so much for hanging out. Check out Mavs Moneyball. Uh, nice time. Um, go Mavs.